Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Well, hello, everybody. Later in this episode, I will say that our promo code for Homefield Apparel is Tortilla Something. I'm a dummy. I'm an idiot. Uh, is takes 12 use our promo code takes 12 t-a-k-e-s-1-2 for the greatest and most comfortable t-shirts you can have from homefieldapparel.com and i'm not just doing this for me I'm doing this for you too get 15 percent off that first order again it is takes 12 t-a-k-e-s-1-2 let's get right into it Cheryl Smith writing and rewriting history first ever national title for texas tech Welcome one, welcome all to the Tortillas and Takes podcast. You are on once again with your boy, I'll be sure. And uh, it's been a couple weeks. We were we were gone spring break, living it up last week. Not really. We're old. We were just uh, busy. But um, we're back to talk Texas Tech basketball. Both men and women. This is probably going to be the last episode we have talking solely about basketball for a while. Because, you know, we're in the offseason now. In the offseason now, we can turn our attention to spring football, to the track team. That the track team is doing amazing right now. They as they transition to the out to the outside season. Uh, tennis just had a nice big win as they had. I didn't even know tennis did locker room celebrations, but they do. And so that's that's another thing there. Um, but uh, but basketball, basketball's been in a world spin, and 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 to talk about both the men and women's basketball teams, I got the people's champ himself, Jeremy Gillen. What's up, Jeremy? What's up, Albie? And you know what? Let's not forget to give a little bit, a lot of bit of props to our uh, Texas Tech softball team, who's been posting up a supreme season so far. They just took uh, Triple L in Austin, but that's tough against you know probably the best, one of the best teams, one of the best teams. The, the best teams are in Oklahoma, uh, but one of the best teams in Texas, which is ranked number eight right now. They made it fun. I mean, two three loss on Friday uh, and a three to four. Loss on Saturday, and then a three to the three to eight loss was the only one that felt like, yeah, that that one really hurt. The other ones were really close and exciting. But right now, softball sitting at you know twenty six and eleven, looking pretty good with three top twenty five wins. 
Yeah, softball, softball's doing much better than expected. Remember, they have a first-year head coach this year as well. Uh, baseball, also doing better than expected. They uh, Until they took a triple L against Texas this past... And not a good Texas team either. Like, the baseball side, they're not... They We were the favorites. We were the favorites, and uh, unlike last year, where we went up against, I think at the time, Texas was the number one team in the nation and, and, and won that series. Uh, this year, a bit of an embarrassing weekend for the baseball team, but luckily... Uh, Texas fans couldn't gloat too much because they got <laughs> beat in the NCAA tur- men's basketball tournament and was not able to, you know, they're buying up tickets, Jeremy. They're going, they're, we're going to go down to Houston, win us a natty. And Miami said, hold on now, not so fast. Uh, but they did end up hiring Rodney Terry to be their, uh, or let me rephrase, reports are that they're going to hire Rodney Terry. So that kind of, if that does happen, it looks like it's going to happen, uh, we'll take him off the list. And it sounds like, Jeremy, we might have a coach too. Uh, Grant McCasland. Grant McCasland, that's reports are pointing, pointing towards him being the next Texas Tech men's head basketball coach. It's not Ulrich Maligi, the guy that I've been pumping for, right? It's not Rodney Terry. It's not uh, James Borrego. Um, the former Charlotte Hornets head coach. Um, it was another name that's been been pumped it's out not there. That old guy, really. Rick Pitino. <laughs> it's not Rick Pitino, right? Uh, J- uh, Grant McCasland seems to be the po- pick, the choice. Uh, what are your thoughts to hearing that it is right now full steam ahead towards the Grant McCasland trend? You know, Grant McCasland's kind of like a boxed wine for me right now. At first, it just doesn't sound that great. First couple of sips, I'm like, ah, you know, it could have gotten something better. But the more we sip on it, Albie, the more <laughs> wonderful it becomes. That alcohol really starts to set in. Um, no, I, honestly, as I kind of said on this McCaslin pick, if it does end up being the case, real quick, what type of what type what type of boxed wine does he feel? Does he feel like Franzia? Because that's bad. No, black box, the Boda box, yeah, the Boda boxes, yeah, 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 <laughs> the ones that have the wine enthusiast label on it that it's supposed to mean something. Um, the longer I sit with it, I, I, and the longer I kind of get little nuggets here and there on Twitter and then, and various articles, um, I'm excited about the upside of McCaslin. I think there's a lot of narratives that we just haven't really discovered, you know, as tech fans. Um, he's not this big flashy hire. He's not coming from another P5. He's coming from UNT, you know, a college that didn't in Texas, mean green, really nothing, fa- nothing fancy or fabulous about him. But I mean... He's been working really hard in, during his time at UNT. I mean, right now, in five seasons, 104 and 58, really not that flashy. But something people have pointed out is that each year McCaslin has been there, he's had he's created like a star point guard, a star guy, who has ended up transferring to a Power 5 team, who's ended up transferring out of UNT. And then he's got a star all over. So he creates another star guy. And then guess what that guy does? He gets picked up by another Power 5 team. So what does McCaslin have to do? He has to create another star five. And so for multiple years in a row, McCaslin has like developed talent. So much so that teams at the higher end of the spectrum are saying, oh, that guy's good. Let's bring him in. Let's bring the transfer in. And, you know, don't knock that he's won three straight Conference USA titles. Um, their first NCAA tournament victory. Uh, first, he's, they gave him the first NIT victory. Most single season victories. You know, he's got some reputation behind him. McCaslin works very hard for what he's got. And so I have no doubt now that McCaslin will not take this for granted. You know, very much in like that 
prime beard era. I'm coming out of those that mid-level, and I've got that fight. I've got that hunger. I want to like develop talent and maximize what we have. Like that's what McCasin's going to bring to the table. And so there's some excitement there. Like I feel a little bit of excitement there. I'm just kind of my focus now is you know what is he going to do uh, with the locker room now, and where does he want to take the locker room in the future? But I will say this. I was listening to uh, Tech Talk here in Lubbock, and they brought up something, you know, that sucks, but it's really true. It's not McCaslin's responsibility to recruit the guys that are on the team. Like, if they want to go, they can go. It's their choice at this point. Do they want to stay or go with McCaslin if he is the guy? Like, it's not up to McCaslin to say, hey, I'm going to win you over. Like, McCaslin is going to want who he wants going forward. He bears no responsibility uh, with like the old guys in the locker room now, like, you know, it, it's just going to come down to them and there's nothing we can do about that. So I got to, but what I'm saying is I got to let go of my expectations of McCaslin coming in and trying to win these guys over with gift, shrink wrapped gift bags. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I guess and no, right? Like I think it's, it's, it's not a requirement that he has to keep the players on the team, on the current roster. I do agree on that aspect, right? If he comes in, and it happens all the time, we see it a lot in football, right, where a coach comes in and, and sees, like, half the roster and is like, nah, there's – think about Deion Sanders. That's just a good example, right? We've all seen that in, that, that thing, and everybody had their opinions of him walking into a, um, a conference room, auditorium full of football players, and telling them that, hey, most of y'all ain't cut out for what, what I'm trying to do here. Right, and y'all need to go ahead and hit the transfer portal because a lot of y'all ain't gonna make it, and um, and, and you know a lot of people felt type of way about that, and and so we see it a lot of times in football where a coach will come in and say, "Nah, y'all aren't good enough for what I'm trying to do, or you don't fit my program, or you don't fit my model." We've had uh, football players talk to our our podcast, talk to Jeremy and I, talk, saying, "Well, I hated, you know." coach X because of this, because, you know, he came in and told us this and we left. So like on that aspect, I do, I do agree Uh, on the other aspect though. The first recruiting job a coach has to do is recruit the players in house that he wants to keep. Right. If you come in and you see um, a player like Jalen Tyson and you say, man, he's a baller. He fits everything I'm trying to do. Your first job as a coach is recruiting him to stay. Right. And so, um, that was Mark Adams' first job as coach after the whole beer debacle was re- recruiting Terrence Shannon and Kevin McCullough to stay. Now he didn't recruit it two years in a row because he left <laughs> the year after. But that was that's so on, on that end. I, I I get that he's not required to keep everybody here. Um, but if he sees somebody that he feels like was part of his plan, that is the first job as a, as a new head coach is to recruit them to have to have them stay. Um, I will say with Grant McCaslin. Fun little tidbit. So, North Texas, UNT, has won 20 games only 13 times, excuse me, in their 68-year history. They only won 20 games 13 times. Of those 13 times, Grant McCaslin is responsible for five of them. Um, They've only won 25 games twice. That is last year and this year. That's it. In their 68-year history, they've only done it last year and this year. This year, 29 wins, the most wins in North Texas history. Um, and the reason why is because Grant McCaslin's style, which a lot of Tech fans are complaining about, it's boring. It, the offense is boring. 
Like, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. The offense is boring. It's slow. It's methodical. There's been a lot of questions as to, well, maybe it's because of the personality he has. You know, him being a mid-major, he's just trying to find over different advantages, yada, yada, yada. Listen, it's from what I've seen from North Texas, they are boring. They are slow. Guess what we've had to do with the last six, eight years? Slow, boring, methodical, offense. It hasn't been pretty, but this is the greatest stretch of Texas Tech basketball in our history. Yeah. Guess what got you to the championship? Exactly. If, if any fan base, any fan base is equipped to handle a slow, boring, methodical offense that win games, it's Texas Tech, right? Like, we, you know, I, I've, I found the discourse kind of interesting because we were making fun of Texas fans last year not liking Beardball. Right, we last year Texas fans said we didn't like Beardball because he uh, it's slow, it's boring. Oh, it's meanwhile last year was one of the better years in Texas basketball recent history. This year they went to the Elite Eight for the first time since 2005, I believe it was. With now though the offense was a little bit better thanks to Rodney Terry, it's still um uh, uh it's still not like the best basketball in the world, right? And so I think with Grant McCasland and he was part of the original three we talked about a few weeks back of the guys that I'd be, I'd be okay with. Um, and, and Grant McCaslin was one of them. If, if this does end up being a higher, I'm, I'm okay. I'm good with it. Cause I think it gives us a really high floor. I mentioned this in our group chat the other day, Jeremy, I think Grant McCaslin gives us a very high floor because of his defense. If that defense translates over, like it's supposed, like it should, that defense is going to keep us in every single game we play. It's, it's how it was. Um, even when we had Tubby Smith here, and we were rebuilding. One of the reasons why we were in every game was because that Tubby Smith defense was really good. So even when the offense was struggling, no matter who, no matter who we were playing, even when we were playing Joel Embiid and Andrew Wiggins, Kansas, we only lost them by a point because the defense was so good and was able to contain them. And so with Grant McCaslin, we'll be in every single game because of that defense. Now, flip side of that, and as Tech fans, we know, if the offense is susceptible, you're also letting the other team in every single game, right? But I do think that our floor is, at the very least, with Grant McCaslin, getting the quality players that he should be able to get, um... You know, but we're looking at a bubble team. Now, the question is how high is the ceiling, right? How Just how good of a coach can he be? Um, and and that's and that's what I don't know. That's what that's what I, I, I question. I don't know if we're going to be back to where we were just, last, just a season ago where we were legitimately a national title contender. We were a Sweet 16 team that pushed uh, a, the, a Duke team to the brink, right? Like, I, are we... Is it, are we able to get back to that? Are we able to get back to 2019 when we're in the national championship game with Grant McCaslin? That I can't answer. But what I can answer is I think Grant McCaslin as a coach will have us gunning for an NCAA tournament every single year. I don't, yeah, I don't hate that. I mean, and when you did mention it, that our, we would have much higher floor. That should be a, like, that should be a very calming sentiment for Texas Tech fans who have, I mean, this season, uh, golly, you you make it halfway through the conference and you think we'll never play good basketball again. <laughs> that you at least you'll get a little bit more consistency. Um, and hey, the guy is under fifty. He's whatever Kinsey's requirement was. Um, and this, you know, he seems to tick all the marks. And though he may seem the safe hire, like maybe the safe hire is what we need. A, a safe hire that's not like a Texas Tech lineage or not luke adams or something <laughs> you know technically i mean technically mccaslin has a little bit of lineage if you count when he was the director of player of development as as um you know some some he at least knows lubbock a little bit lived in lubbock for a little while recruited dfw right um which is actually something that mark adams and chris beard's tenure 
Didn't really do. They made Tech more of a national brand. If you think about all the players that came to Tech, a lot of them were not from the Dallas area, right? Terrence Shannon was from Chicago. Namari Burnett was from the South, right? Like, uh, um, so it's, it's or not, not Texas, I should say. Like, a lot of these players were from outside of Texas. I, I want to say, as far as recent recruits, like McCullough, of course, was from the Dallas area. Um and Tyson was from Texas, but like a lot of the other players that we've grabbed prior to this year, during especially during the beard years, were not from Texas. So uh, McCaslin kind of I think puts that 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 footprint back into the Texas area a little bit, knows the area some more. I'm, I'm not mad at the hire. Is it an exciting hire? Is it something that's going to get us all pumped? No, but um, I, I do think that this is a hire that uh, we can we can kind of get behind a little bit, and and I, it is the safe hire. But it's not safe hires. They're not the bad hire. They're not the wrong hire um, at all. So, uh, but with that, because it's a safe hire, I don't know if McCasland will have the um, the leeway, right? I don't think he'll, his leash is not going to be as long as some other ones. This fan base is ready to win like quickly. So, um, so McCas and and with in the, in the age of nil. Right, I don't know if McCaslin is gonna have a year of a rebuild or two years. Right, like I think McCaslin's gonna be required right from the get go. You better be competing for. You better be in the tourney, boy. Like I think that's that's really how it's gonna be for him. Unfortunately, I think that's just the landscape of, of college basketball right now. Rebuilds aren't a thing anymore. That's super scary. I, that's still. I mean, for a first year head coach at the you know at the level of Big Twelve basketball, I do agree. I think that's got to be kind of a you need to understand the landscape that you're walking into as well as the ever-developing landscape of the NIL. But, man, that sucks. What pressure to come in and be like, hey, welcome to these world-class facilities. We all love you here. If you win, we'll build you a statue, buddy. But if you don't make the freaking tournament, let me tell you something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, so with that, I do think there has been some, been some trepidation on him because he's, quote-unquote, only made the tournament one time at UNT. Um, and I, I do think that's not fair. Can I just say in the six years that he was there, the one time that he made the tournament was his, uh, fewest wins that season. He only went 18 and 10 that year. And that's the year he made the tournament. It's a one bid league. And, and so I think holding coaches in a one big bid league to that requirement that you have to make the tournament in order for us to grab, it's, 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 it's a little much, right? Because it's a one bid league. It's it's in in the Big Twelve. If you go twenty nine and seven. Not only it doesn't matter that you didn't win your conference tournament, you're gonna be a, you're a one seed, you're, or or maybe or at least a top three seed for sure, right? And so like I, it's it's a that I think the requirement that oh well he's only made the tournament one time is is a bit much. Um, he has been in the postseason I believe every single year he was at UNT. It's just not always the NCAA. Well, it's five out of the six times it wasn't the NCAA tournament. But he at the very least made a postseason at North Texas every single year he was there. Um, and and that alone, I mean, his first year made a long run to the CBI. I think CBI finals. So like, it's it's I think with when it comes to these mid majors, you don't just look at how many times they went to the NCAA tournament. You look at what was their full season, what was the season capabilities, and we'll find out. At Tech, just if he's a good tournament coach. Because I don't really doubt that we'll make the tournament. It's just, you know, what, what's our seeding? Will he be able to make a run? Will we be, if we're a nine seed, can we make that FAU run to get to the Final Four as a nine seed? You know, then we'll find out just how good of a tournament tourney, uh, tourney coach he is. And I think that's what scares boosters. That's what scares fans. That's why a lot of the fans wanted a proven, a quote-unquote proven coach. Because, you know, Rick Pitino know, knows how to coach in the tourney. He's done it. He knows how to do it. Even Beer, before he got here, at the very least, won a, a tournament game. 
right? Tubby knew how to coach in the tournament. So it's it's one of those things where um, the last few coaches that you grabbed all had some bit of experience coaching in the tournament. And, some, and so a lot of the boosters wanted that again. Like, okay, well, let's get somebody that knows what they're doing in the tournament again. With McCaslin, we don't know how he's – I mean, he's been in the tournament one time, so we don't really know if he – he has the capabilities of doing so, um, but uh, you got to, you know, we'll find out when he does. We'll find out when he does, and I think that I, right now, in my mind, I'm like, hey, I, we can't be trying this slingshot strategy of like, let's just get another coach in here who's just gonna fill the role and magically launch us to the moon. I think that you know, finding a guy who can build players up that can you know develop people develop schema and play good hard-nosed basketball is what's going to end up building a winning resume but you know tech fans are just like hey we were there before so we should be there every year doesn't make sense why we're not every year every year every year. what's a rebuild that's right i will say a requirement if i'm a booster if i have millions and millions of dollars and i was a booster um, one thing that should get at least fans in the booth excited, he did just beat Oklahoma State. Yeah. Right? Like, he with North Texas, a team that's not as good as Tech, uh, did in just beat Oklahoma State in Stillwater. Yep. Yeah, in Stillwater. So, uh, they Tuesday evening, they do play uh, at Wisconsin. I'm on a neutral site, sorry, um, in Wisconsin. Uh, so we'll, we'll see what, who knows? Maybe he'll leave UNT with the NIT championship. Um, on his way out, so, so that's that's uh, uh, that's exciting in itself. So yeah, Grant, all signs point to Grant McCaslin. That's what the report is. It's not official yet. Um, who knows? Maybe. Uh, well, it sounds like they're just waiting for him to not play in the NIT anymore <laughs> to make it official. But it's not official yet, so who knows? But um, as of right now, it does seem like Grant McCaslin is the guy. Jeremy, on the women's side, ain't no question who the, who the person is, who the coach is, and that's Krista Gerlich. No question. Chris, coach Gerlich's on her third year, just wrapped up her third season as the coach of the Texas Tech Lady Raiders. Um, no doubt the best season that Tech has had since 2013. Uh, an absolute fantastic, really, you know, we've been talking about the rebuild, the rebuild, the rebuild. We said year, her first year here was really year zero. Wasn't fair to her after the whole Stallings debacle. Um, then you had a year. The the then we had kind of that rebuild year last year, really starting it and, and kind of starting anew, getting new recruits in, get, having players that bought into our system. Um, and then we had this year. This year was really a question of is the launching point. This is now we can start to see real improvement. Beginning of the year, we said, okay, well, this team should show some improvement. We did lose our best player last year, and I, I made the, the notion of just getting to any postseason on the matter which one. Well, Jeremy, they got into a postseason, and then they got into the postseason, and we said, just make it to the Super six, 16. Just make it there, and then we'll, and then Kumbaya will be happy. And guess what, Jeremy? They made it to the Super 16. You know? Now they lost to Arkansas in Arkansas, but it was a tough-fought battle. They played really well. Um, I you know I I cannot be more proud of the team. I wish they would have moved on, but this is a team. They were getting spanked early in the first quarter, Jeremy. They were getting whooped. And um, what was it? at one point the score was fifteen nothing <laughs> to start the game. And I'll say this: I mean, you know, Tech outscored Arkansas from that point on by ten. It's just you can't you can't give up fifteen points to start a game and still expect to win. So that's that's really what happened there, but. Um, you know, I, I thought Tech played well, played really, you know, had a good start to the season, and now we start the off season 
where we are losing quite a bit of, of seniors, right? Like, um, Bree Scott is is gone. Big Cat is going to be gone. Um, Tayden Weidenheimer is going to be, you know, is going to be gone. Coach Weidenheimer, I did find out which. So, she's going to be Coach Weidenheimer soon. Um, that's her, that's her, you know. Her we called it, man. We go right into. Yeah, that is, that is her and Co- and, and Bryn Gerlich. Bryn Gerlich will also be played her final game. Those two are both going to be easily be coaches. I I like. I wouldn't be surprised if Bryn Gerlich's on the staff next year. Like it really wouldn't wouldn't surprise me at all. But um, uh, but good senior class here. A lot of leadership. Bree Scott ended her basketball playing career with twenty eight and seven because she just got it like that. She got it. Um, yeah. Yeah. Bailey Maupin, not the best game against Arkansas, but. You know, as somebody who's struggling with injuries this year, um, the first two games in the NIT, Moppin's back. She seemed she looked she looked healthy for the first time in like two months. Um, she looked she looked healthy, and uh, um, you know it's it's it it's bittersweet that the seniors are going to be gone, but they definitely left something for the future. The sky's the limit for this team going forward, man. I'm, I'm excited. I'm disgusted you didn't say she was mopping it up. Um, <laughs> I'm never going to say that. I'm Don't worry. I got you, man. I got you. I'm not uh, <laughs> hey, yeah, so you go into the NIT. You I mean, you finish your season pretty rough, right? You get a, a, a loss 76-52 to Iowa State, and then you have a 79-69 to Kansas State. And then you move to the NIT. You get to the NIT. That's the biggest win, right? We get into the NIT, and then we're saying, all right, let's get – you know, this is a team, now that we're out of the Big 12, this is a team that has the ability to, like, let's get to the Super 16. This would be a big win, and they did. And so UTEP, great 67-54 win. Like I said, Maupin led the way with 17, 17 points. Um, SMU, I was fortunate enough to get to go to that game. 61-49 win, dominating. Everyone was dominating. Maupin, 21 points. And then on the road in Fayetteville, which I felt that game... Um, had a lot of really weird uh, calls in it. I just from an officiating standpoint, like that was just a lot of weird calls. It felt pretty soft, um, and you end up losing that one seventy one sixty six. Mopping non existent. Bree Scott doing her thing twenty eight points. Um, too many. I think you know Texas Tech had everything in their arsenal at the end to win that game, but too many decisions for three pointers. Uh, too many. Too many hastily taken three-pointers that didn't go in ended up just creating second chance points or ended up creating uh, transition points for arkansas um but you got to be happy with like you said you know looking forward you know you got a lot of really great lady raiders on this team um in kyla freelon you know ashley chevalier was starting to get healthy there at the end she was starting to look good in her tournament games um uh jojo nori we didn't even see her right we didn't really see her so she was supposed to be a big part of this team now she's going to have a chance to fully recover and practice you got jasmine shavers who showed a lot of potential throughout the year um and then saga uh saga um but saga you know coming in at the end of the season in the tournament had some had some impressive play but not only that you got a couple of freshmen coming in right you got three freshmen coming in in um Oh, golly, I had a list somewhere. Where'd it go? You got a couple freshmen coming in. Uh, Logan Johnson, of course, and then, um, golly, I cannot remember the other two. Anyways, yeah, anyways, sorry, sorry I don't have these in front of me. Um, 
But that leaves you with two people to transfer. And there's a bunch of really good transfers out there. A bunch of people entered the transfer portal um, from, you know, teams across the board. That if your coach, you know, if your coach Gerlich, you got a lot of youth in this team, a lot of a lot of seniors departing. Be, might be a good idea to pick up some um, talented seniors, talented juniors, um, or super seniors even, to kind of step in and add a little bit of veteranship, a little bit of wins under their belt into this team and kind of boost them forward for sure. All right, well, like a good team, man, I'm going to pick you up, Jeremy. Thank you, so man. The, Thank the, you, three, the, <laughs> the, the three new additions. So Logan Johnson is a pretty big one, um, straight, from, straight out the H, right? ESPN uh, top 100 player. Um, definitely one of the one of the best products out. Uh, she actually might be playing in. Is she playing in the McDonald's All American game? Sounds familiar. She might be, but um, but yeah, no. Logan Johnson's one of the best recruits coming into the Big Twelve next year. Huge recruit, huge get. Um, so we also have a Cole Mago, um, and I'm sure I'm not saying that correctly. I'm positive. No, that I'm sounds 100 percent right. Um, that's just Chabot yeah, Mago. L- listen, Mago, Mago, if you're listening. Uh, Magot, Mago, if you're listening, please come on the pod. Tell me how dumb I am. But <laughs> uh, Mago out in out from Arizona, um, and a big thing for her is uh, she is six seven. She, she's she's a tall one. Oh yeah, six seven, good defender. Uh, she's a beast. And then Kelly Mora doesn't have to go far, right? Kelly Mora, Mora from Lubbock, Monterey, right? Um, hopefully, we get another person from Lubbock, Monterey here in a couple years. Yes, but I'll leave that alone. <laughs> but Kelly Mora, another another good forward, um, very versatile, will be able to bring that work uh, from Lubbock to Lubbock, uh, Lubbock Monterey over to Texas Tech. So those are kind of the, the big three coming in next year. Um, de- no doubt, I think, especially it may take a little bit from Mago and Mora to to blend in and get kind of used to Big Twelve play. I think Logan Johnson is going to be similar to Moppin to where we see her almost immediately. She's a bucket, like Logan Johnson is a bucket, and we're gonna and we're gonna need that that. Um, hoop. We're gonna need that. Uh, those points to supplement Bree Scott leaving, right? But I do think to your point. I mean, Bree Scott may be leaving, but Moppin's still here. Jazz Shavers is still here. Riley McKinney can now move into more of a veteran leadership role. Um, I can easily see Riley McKinney kind of taking over that Bryn Gerlich role of being like the do everything. Like, all right, Bryn Gerlich's not here. Then now I gotta kind of pick up that slack a little bit, um, and and do it all here. And I kind of think, man. I'm excited to see what Jazz Shavers does next year. Yeah. Jazz Shavers is the one that I think says, all right, Bri, I'll, I'll, I'll take your torch. I'll take your baton. Let's get these buckets. Um, she's a coach's daughter, right? Knows the game. We've seen flashes this year, and I think this year she kind of takes it on. You mentioned Ashley Chevalier. Uh, she started coming on a little bit more towards the end of the game. And then Yukonen and McKinney, I think, really need to be the shooters for this team um, with Scott leaving, right? Start start knocking them down. They're the veterans. But, you know, part of me is like Jazz Shavers, Logan Johnson, they're the buckets. Kyla Freelon is the do-everything. Riley McKinney's that vet. Um, and then JoJo Nwari. We, we we need that big in the middle. So I'm 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 excited to see what what uh, this team can do next year. Um, now I think the goal you made the NIT already. Goal needs to be the tournament. Let's get to the tournament. Let's do it. Yeah, I think that that's a possibility. Let's do it. It's got to feel like a possibility. You have to feel that this off season, this upcoming year, you have a lot of momentum coming off of that loss. Um, getting in the tournament, you know, getting as far as you have since 2013, you got a lot of momentum going your way and a lot of really good pieces coming in. And like you said, we have a lot of you. This is what we kind of complain about, um, or Kenzie complains about. <laughs> uh, but this is what we kind of complain about in the chat is that it's it's a 
the hard part about NIL, the hard part about a lot of stuff going on is you don't have players. Uh, you don't have very many players. Gone are the days where players will come in as a freshman and be there for four years. Um, for what many hundred reasons they may transfer or they may go to the pros or whatever it is. Um, but you have Maupin here early developing. You have Jazz Shavers here early developing. You have Kyler Freelon early developing. Um, seeing them, you know, grow up and they're playing so well already, getting coached in the way they are, you know, having more talented players come in, you kind of got a really good team building here. So I, I, the tournament feels a lot more achievable. And especially if you look at the way a lot of the games this year played out, um, there's a lot of games, there's a lot of wins you left on the left on the schedule. And so got to feel optimistic about your chances coming into next season, even with everybody that you're losing, even with that. Yeah, I mean, so one thing to that of point, Tech, we really haven't had our stars stay, right? Like, like um, Bree Scott was a transfer. Bryn Gerlich was a transfer. Viv Gray was a transfer. Taylor Thomas was a transfer. Like, they're all transferred in. Um, and so now with – and with the whole Stallings thing, that was a big reason why we, had, we saw so many people transfer out previously, no matter how good um, good or bad they were. a lot of We saw a lot of people like Lexi Gordon. Lexi Gordon was great. She transferred out to Duke. Chrislyn Carr transferred out. Like So we saw this happen. So we haven't really had that continuity. But I will say with Coach Gerlich, Riley McKinney is going to go into her third year next year. Right, we're seeing a lot of these players stay. Yukonin staying, even even despite. I mean, Yukonin, we might have sat on the men's side her leave because she's not really getting the playing time that she might have hoped, but she stayed. Right, so we did. We have girl that kind of came, had an influx of, of transfers um, that kind of came in. I actually think, um, and I could be wrong, but I think all of the seniors that played the last games for Tech were all transfers. Tatum Weidenheimer was also a transfer. Um, and so, uh, but now I think we are, um, we are seeing, hopefully, now more continuity. Now some of those high school recruits that Coach Gerlich brought in, they're not leaving. They're staying here. They're good to go. And so hopefully we get that, uh, uh, we, we have that continuity going. And that same thing goes on the men's side as well. I think when it comes to, there's a lot of frustration with all the players. I mean, so who who put up the stat the other day that of the amount of former Red Raiders that were in the men's NCAA tournament? Like it was, I mean, one, Vlad Golden is still playing. Vlad Golden. He's still playing for FAU. Uh, so many guys that were Namari Burnett, right? Agbo. So many guys that were once Red Raiders, no longer while we're sitting at home, they're getting a chance to play, and you can you can chalk it up to possibly the fact that Coach Beard left. Um, you could chalk it up to you know them not wanting to play with Adams, but hell, a guy like Namari Burnett, he transferred before Beard left, right? Um, so it's it's not just that; it's just we haven't had a ch- gotten a really good opportunity to have people or players stay for all four years. Um, Actually, I think Kevin McCuller, had he stayed this year, would have been the first one in a while to stay from the very beginning to the very end. Uh, so that's kind of, you know, it's 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 new. It's, and you can chalk it up to the land of NIL. You can chalk it up to those things. But it's also not a problem that Kansas and Baylor are really dealing with. I mean, Kansas and Baylor, for right now, a lot of their players are either staying or going to the NBA. Right? Like that's and that's we're just not having that same luxury. Outside of a few of our players, um, we've had a couple that left early for the NBA and God bless them for it. But a lot of them are 
not staying the four years, they're transferring out for whatever reason. And, and mind you, Terrence Shannon and Kevin McCullough both have their reasons for transferring. Um, and so I don't, I don't knock that, but I do think that having that continuity at coach, a young coach like Grant McCaslin, um, hopefully he does find that success and he can bring that continuity that he's been able to have. You did mention the fact that a lot of those guards that he's had has found success under McCaslin's style and they've went on to greener pastures. Well, at Tech, you know, if if we're playing the way we should be, there's not going to be too many greener pastures in Texas Tech, right? And so that's that's kind of the idea is that if we're, if we're successful, if we're winning games and you're looking good while doing it, the greener pasture for you is the NBA and all, and all power to you. Um, but it shouldn't be Illinois. Yeah, oh, <laughs> right. Yeah, God. <laughs> um, so that's basketball. I, I, you know, that's that's how our season's going to end. That's how the cookie crumbles on the basketball season. Um, both teams are now into the off season. We have seen on the men's side some players enter the transfer portal. The latest one being Elijah Fisher. Um, no surprise there. No, I thought he'd be the first. <laughs> think, yeah, yeah, yeah. No surprise there uh, at all for Elijah Fisher being be, transferring um, from Tech. Uh, so far, though, I will say. Not as many transfers as we expected. I think a lot of the transfers have been guys we would have... No, I will say this. No surprise transfers, I think. Nobody's really entered the transfer portal that we didn't already suspect would enter the transfer portal. Um, right? Like, we knew Fardaw's AMAC wasn't really a big surprise. KJ Adams wasn't a really a big surprise seeing them seeing them transfer. Um, we have kind of gotten affirmance from Pop Isaacs, from Jalen Tyson, that they're R4L. So we'll see. You know, it's a long offseason, so we'll see if that sticks as we get our new head coach here. But, um, you know, other guys, you know, to be on the lookout for to see what they do uh, is, is really, I think, the ones that you have an eye out, out for, Jeremy. Um, Lamar Washington and Robert Jennings. I think those are the two that everybody wants to see. Uh, Demar and Williams also has eligibility, so he may stay another year. But I think the main two, uh, outside of, of Pop Isaacs and, and Jalen Tyson, of course, that everyone is questioning, will they stay, is the young guns, Robert Jennings and Lamar Washington, the other two freshmen, right? Um, if, if Kerwin, I, I, am, I am kind of excited to see what Kerwin Walton and Demarion and Williams would do as guys that were supposed to be shooters for our team that didn't really get the chance to play a lot this year as the shooters for our team. You know, who knows? Maybe a new coach unlocks that. Uh, in them, but uh, um, Bacho is another one, a question of, you know, he hasn't, I think everybody's on pins and noodle, needles to see what he does. Yeah. Whether does he transfer? Does he stay? What does he do? Um, but, but uh, yeah, we'll see. Well, and I think them, I think they're all waiting to see who the new coach is. What does the new coach want? Right. Um, so, so yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens uh, for now. Um, and then technically everybody that's entered the transfer portal could theoretically come back. I know that Elijah Fisher. That's one of the things that he said. Though he's entered the transfer portal, Tech is still uh, one of one of his options. Um, I think KJ Ad- Allen said the same. I said Adams, but KJ Allen said the same thing that he could always come back as well. So so we'll see. Everybody's waiting to see who the new coach is, what the new coach does. Um, I will say it is usually very unlikely for somebody to enter the transfer portal and come back. So once you enter, you're you're, you're probably gone. But um, but yeah. So we'll see. Uh, Jeremy, anything else you want to say to the people? exciting times i mean you know it we'll see it's just got to be your position um you need to act poor here right just be thankful for anything you get we get mccaslin that's a huge win we have a head coach again what a win uh if you don't have any more transfers after he's announced head coach that's a huge win 
Uh, but it's also really exciting because, you know, if you do have people transfer out, that does leave open spots where people can come in. And that's how we got people like Adonis Arms. You know, that's how we get people like Matt Mooney. That's how we get people who are hungry to play and want to play for a program like this. And if you put a hungry coach and a hungry player together, you can usually, you know, a lot of magic can happen from that. So this could be a really good year for tech basketball coming up. At least exciting. Hey, man, the last um, coach that was a Baylor assistant has done pretty well for himself in his first year. Man, you know, but, uh, who's that? Joe McGuire has done, done oh, pretty yeah. well for himself. So so who knows? If Grandma Cowslin can take that experience that he's got from Scott Drew. He's behind Scott Drew for a while, right? Um, if he can take some of that and, and find some success with that, um, then then I, I'm, I'm happy. I'm all, I'm all for him. So, so we'll see with that. Uh, Grant McCaslin, and I said he went to the CBI finals. I was wrong. He won the CBI championship. So he does know how to coach in a tournament, Jeremy. Um, does know how to coach in a tournament. Uh, he's also made the Division II Elite Eight twice. How about it? So how, how about that? How about it? You know, with the, with a good old Midwestern state. So, um, uh, so he knows West Texas. Midwestern State from Wichita Falls. It's, he knows what's Texas. He now knows an extension from. of Texas Tech. So there's the connection. Oh, that's true. That is true. <laughs> he was coaching See? in the Tech system before it was cool. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So um, anything I want to say is go out and get you some home field apparel swag. You already missed out on the secret box. They were doing a nice little secret box challenge um, where you basically get a new shirt for every round of the tournament. Uh, you're, we are, unfortunately you already missed out on that, but that doesn't mean you can't ma- make some great stuff over at Home Field Apparel. Go out and get all types of Final Four gear. Get you some San Diego State stuff. Get you some Florida Miami Atlantic. stuff. They just beat Texas. Yep. Florida Atlantic. Connecticut. Get it all. Um, I, Jeremy, I was actually at the last national championship game where Connecticut won. Uh, had Trebaz Napier. He put on a show. It was in Jerry World in Arlington and back in 2013. Uh, it was a great time. Uh, 2013? Was that 13? 14? 14. 2014. Um, it was a great time. Fun time. UConn. Uh, back in it. Who, who's your pick for the Final Four? Oh, I mean, Florida Atlantic. Ride the hot hand, man. Who's really your pick for the Final Four? Uh, you know, I think Miami showed a lot of grit there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, honestly, I, I don't care. This is the most... This is the, this is the best Final Four collection I've seen because it's like... Nobody, I'd be really upset that they won, if I'm being honest. Yeah, like go for yeah, it. Yeah, that's man. fair. Go for it. That's fair. I like Jim Laranaga, man. I, I like Jim Laranaga. Good choice. Um, I think I think Connecticut's gonna win. Yeah, but I I kind of agree with you that I'm all for I'm all for Miami, Miami doing it because Jim Laranaga, man, he's just a fun old guy. Remember when he took George Mason? He took George Mason to the Final Four. It was all fun. It's all a party. You're now he's doing fun. it with Miami. Yeah. Good for him. It's a yeah, it's a game. It's a game. Yeah, Coach Laranaga, I hope you love it. Now, don't leave Miami. I, I know like, if North Carolina comes calling because they're going to fire Hubert Davis, don't 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 go over there. Stay with Miami. It's Fun. Miami of all places. Uh, Come on. Exactly. Uh, also, use our promo code TORTILLAS15 at Homefield Apparel. If I had to mention that earlier, just do it. Um, so for, for Jeremy Gillen, the People's Champ, and Florida Atlantic's number five fan, this is I'll Be Short, and you have been listening to the Tortillas and Takes podcast. Part of the 1012 Network and the official podcast, Red Raider Sports. As always, stay wrecked, people. I could end the recording. You know, we didn't do a. Um, are we doing a cold open for every all of our episodes?
Or just whenever yeah, it feels non Whenever it, yeah, whenever it happens. <laughs> Are you going to force a cold open here at the very end? <laughs> no, I, I mean, no. no gonna, you know, I, just, I just haven't ended the recording yet. That's all it That's is. That's the most awkward so part of like, it. Yeah. I wanted to, just sitting here watching uh, it tick away. Uh, <laughs> all right, well, I'll end it. Okay. Sports Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over and prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.